0: Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where we watch a randomly selected horror movie every week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. Why are you doing the wave over there? It's not the wave. Was that not the wave? What would you call that then? It's the hula. The hula, okay. Ben this knows is, how to dance. This
1: is the wave.
0: Oh. Is this, it's two arms. Well, I'm not a fan of the ocean, I wouldn't know. Anyway. You're not even gonna, like, not even a little chuckle, that was a funny joke, man. No, it wasn't, Bob, you're not oh funny. Oh my god. You know, coming off of the back of um, Cocaine Bear, that's that's pretty relevant, actually. I don't know if you remember that. We recorded that a while ago. Uh, that whole episode is just me and Abby screaming and you going, you're not funny. Shut up. And it's
1: very entertaining. That's that's my life, recording a podcast with
0: you. Buddy. No, it's not. Calm down. I'm funny sometimes. Sure. Anyway. <laughs> God damn you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. We're on the last episode of the season, Ben. Yeah.
1: What is the only thing we have left to do? Uh, We have one movie in the Haunted House section. Yeah, we do. Bob saved it. Yeah, we do. Because he's been like, they've been bangers. They've been so good. I think every movie in that section has gotten a
0: five. I think so. Because you pick two awesome classic Haunted House movies, and now you're going to throw a curveball and pick some dog shit film, and we're going (laughs) to have an awful time, and I'm going to be mad about
1: it. What what are are your projections for this last film?
0: Well, I kind of want it to also be black and white. Yeah. But it won't be.
1: (laughs) What it your, won't be. What are your actual projections?
0: I hope it's good, but it, it might not be. I don't know. I don't know what because, like, look, those first two were honestly curveballs. I didn't expect them on the haunted house list. I was expecting something like Poltergeist or we could do Paranormal Activity. That's a haunted house. Don't look. At, we're not doing Paranormal Activity because I don't. No way, bro. You, there's no way you saved that till now. And now I'm going to cry. I'm scared of those movies. I don't know if you know this.
1: I wanted to end on a high note for the board. Oh, God. I hate paranormal activity. Do you really? I I actually didn't know that. I don't hate it. It's not an interesting
0: movie. Oh, I see. I see. I see. I know a lot of people really like it, but, you know, whatever. Hate's a strong word. It's just not the greatest. Fair enough. I mean, there are plenty of films we've seen on the show that aren't the greatest. So, so your guess is paranormal activity. Well, it's not my. I guess my guess. Well, I want Poltergeist. I'll leave it at that because I want to watch that movie. Don't wink at me. We're not bringing that back. You did that for one episode, and I thought I was gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> it's not as bad as the hand puppets. The hand puppets were the end of me. I forgot about those. Yeah, I didn't because I hate them so much. Yeah, Ben. What is uh? What's our last movie for the season? Hey, before we do that, do you have any stories
1: you want to tell? Maybe involving phallic objects? Oh, I thought you said you didn't want me to tell that on the podcast. No, you explained it kind of to me. I I said that was fine. I mean, is it?
0: I don't know if it's really that funny. Oh, okay. I mean, I'll tell it now that we're talking about it. Okay, worst case we cut it. Well, uh, no. I just want to hear the story because you've refused to tell me for like six
1: days. I forgot.
0: For those of you that listen to the podcast regularly, you'll know that I follow Darcy from The Last Drive-In. Oh, I have a Last Drive-In thing. Completely forgot. Get
1: to that after this.
0: Yeah, so th- it's, it's semi-related. Anyway, you know, I follow Darcy from The Last Drive-In on Twitter. She's very funny. I like all the stuff that she tweets about, you know, different horror stuff. <laughs> also, Shudder retweets. Like, she retweets Shudder stuff and Joe Bob stuff, so I think that stuff's interesting, too.
1: It's a good news source for
0: Bob. It is a good news source for me when I can't really um look into news on my own because I'll get stuff bo- spoiled.
1: Now, from what I've heard, there's there's one big issue with following Darcy on Twitter, isn't there? Yeah. At least for
0: someone who uses Twitter at work. At work. That's the problem. If I was in the privacy of my own home, I really wouldn't care that much. But I'm not. I'm at work. She retweets, like, pictures of naked women. Or naked pictures of herself. She posts them on her Twitter.
1: Not usually completely naked. Not usually completely. But, like,
0: topless and shit. You know what? That's fine. I don't really care that much. (laughs) I, I don't draw the line. But I'm just, like, I'm sitting at work, and I'm scrolling through Twitter, and normally it's, like, boobs. Fine. Or, like, She does this thing where someone, some other dude is, like, doing a Twitter thread that's, like, boobies in movies day-like. It's, like, a lot of days. It's, like, 400-something. I believe you told me it was horror boobs of the day. Yeah, and it's just, like, a screenshot from a horror movie, and it tells you the movie, and it's someone's boobs from the movie. And that's fine, whatever. I was going through Twitter the other day at work, and just a fully naked man with his cock out appears on my timeline from Darcy. And she was, like, talking about how, like, this is the content that we need. And I was like, Darcy, I am at work. I cannot be seeing naked dongs on my timeline. Ridiculous. I'm just like, can this please I I honestly I need to unfollow her. Not because I care about it, because I am I'm going up to an office, and if someone in the office sees me on Twitter while I'm waiting on something to print or something like that, and they see that, uh I may get in trouble. And I wouldn't want that. It's very funny. It's unfortunate <laughs> is what it is
1: but you've been talking about unfollowing her for months. I just haven't done it. You just haven't. Yeah. I don't think you're going to. Well, she it. also
0: retweets a lot of bloody dis- bloody, disgusting articles, and those are usually pretty interesting. Yeah. And I send them to you because, you know.
1: <laughs> I'm like, wow, I saw this. <laughs>
0: God damn it. I try to keep you updated in the loop of things that I'm looking at.
1: No, sometimes it's interesting.
0: Yeah, sometimes. Last drive-in thing. you know what they la- watched? I'm recording this on Saturday, so they had an episode yesterday. you know what they watched? No. Day of the Dead. And I want to go watch that episode so bad, but I don't know what the other
1: movie is. Uh, they don't go up until sh- Sunday, usually. Oh, okay, so well. I can tell you Sunday.
0: I want to know, because I don't want to, I don't want to ruin, because it's zombies is, like, the theme. And I don't want to ruin a good zombie film that we could use for the podcast. But I do want to watch Joe Bob talk about Day of the Dead. You know zombies was the theme that day? I think zombies was the theme that day, yeah. Oh. So, the first movie is a zombie film, but I don't know what it was.
1: Well, for future reference, if you're ever uh, curious, the, the way they do it for, like, watching stuff after the fact. Mm-hmm. Is each movie's its own episode. Oh, awesome! So
0: I could just watch the Day of the Dead one. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm really excited to watch that. Because, like, you know, I love Day of the Dead. I think it's probably my favorite movie of all time. I would love to see Joe Bob talk about it. Because he's a very charismatic man. And he's very interesting. He'll give me tons of facts and interesting stuff about that movie. Anyway, I think that's my last thing aside. Do you have anything? Mm. <laughs> no.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, so last category is Haunted Houses. So, last spot. You ready?
0: What spot number is it? Just for curious, curiosity. out it's two. Two, okay. God damn it. I'm so worried now. What are we watching, Ben? Paranormal Activity. No, we're fucking not. Are you messing with me? This is one of those things where I've screwed myself again. Not. Look, I've never seen these films. I know the premise of the films. You know I don't. I've not been the biggest fan of found footage on the podcast. But also, these are movies that... Hey, Bob.
1: Yeah. I-, I was lying to you.
0: <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Jesus Christ, you had me for a minute, man.
1: <laughs> well, you asked me, are you serious? Uh, well, you asked me, you're you're joking, and I just kept nodding, and you're like. I wasn't looking at you. Yeah, I was I looking at the
0: recording because it looked <laughs> like it fucked up. I was looking past you at the. Uh, I'm so happy you're li- you I lied to me. I would do that to myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would do that to myself. We have to cover them eventually. They're really popular. I mean, yeah, but like in the category where I have more freedom. Yeah, I'm not gonna choose that. Thank God, man. Do you know would be a good uh, haunted house movie? What Poltergeist?
0: Are we watching Poltergeist? No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: what are we watching, Ben? Please stop. Just okay. tell
1: me. Well, I'm keeping up a category. I'm keeping up a trend here, which I just realized. We're f- our first haunted house movie, right? Yeah, was The Haunting, uh huh, from 1963. Mm-hmm. Our second haunted house film was the house on haunted hill from 1959 we're going back further our last haunted house film is the uninvited oh, from 1944 whoa <laughs> <laughs> this is like that's world war Two. yep
0: holy shit that's the oldest film we've seen on the podcast
1: and if you, uh, you haven't picked it out yet i did pick a trend this uh, season for this <sighs> category of black and white films so, I'm so happy. I hope you're happy with that decision. I, made. I am. I'm so
0: happy. Everything in this category has been
1: awesome. I'm such a fan of this old shit, man. I'm not sure how well they've been performing, but <laughs> I've enjoyed watching them. I don't know. Uh, I will I say. also don't care. <laughs> hard movie The Fine. Really? Streaming. Uh, I had to buy a Blu-ray.
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot you told me that. You were like, yeah, I got to buy a
1: Blu-ray for something. Something. And I didn't know what it was. Yep. And I didn't think about it until just now. Uh. I'm not going to show you the Blu-ray yet. I'm going to wait until we're, like, done.
0: Sure. That's fair.
1: Uh, just in case there's, like, any spoilers on the cover or anything. But it, it's a pretty-looking Blu-ray. I haven't opened it, but, like, just the case and stuff is really pretty. Hell, yeah. It's from the Criterion Collection, so if anyone wants to go pick it up, you can find it there.
0: Oh, I didn't know they actually sold movies. hmm I, I saw a lot of
1: movies. I've only seen their YouTube videos where directors pick out movies. Well, I think what they do is they pick out movies, and then they sell those as Blu-rays. That's cool. That's kind of their collection. I'm not, like, super familiar with them, but I think their whole deal is they they have a bunch of, like, old films, Mm -hmm. primarily black and white, but they remaster them and everything.
0: That's really cool. I saw Charlie Day go on and pick a bunch of movies, and I was like, oh, interesting. I like Charlie. Anyways,
1: uh, that's what we're watching. That's where it came from. (sighs) Uh, I guess we can get into some descriptions. I've
0: never had so much weight lifted off my shoulders. When you when you lied to me and then turned it around, thank God.
1: Now I will say I haven't seen this movie, so. Oh,
0: okay. I know. feel like that's a lot of movies this season you just haven't
1: seen before. Yeah, I mean it, it makes it more interesting for me. Yeah, it sure does. All right, description: spooky house. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: uh, all right, I kind of got that from you know haunted houses, but <laughs> thank you, Ben.
1: Well, my last two were jokes about the uh, house on Haunted Hill. Yeah. Like, I think my first one was, is the Hill House haunted? And then my second one was, where have we seen this before? Yeah. I can't
0: make that same joke here. You could have went with, is this house on a hill or something?
1: It's definitely on a hill. It it's has to be. It's a house, yeah. Houses <laughs> go on It's a haunted hills. house. Yeah, exactly. All right, it's an hour and 39 minutes long, so technically we probably should be watching this at 6 a.m. Shut um, up! Rating. <laughs> past. Huh? <laughs> it has a past rating. <laughs> As in... Not P-A-S-T, but P-A-S-S-E-D.
0: What is that? I guess they just gave movies like a pass or a fail rating back in the day? And Um, this one
1: passed? Sort of. It's like an antiquated uh, rating system.
0: Yeah, okay. Cool.
1: Basically, it's the this passed the uh, code laws. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I hadn't thought about that because it's before they had like G and everything rating. Mm -hmm. So basically, it was in a time where it was like, Either passed or not passed, and there was no other ratings. It was just yes or no. Okay. I think. I think that's where that's from. That's weird, man. But it's just a super old thing, so I'm not entirely sure. Cause the um, I think the MPAA started in 1945, so I don't think it was a thing yet. Oh,
0: that makes sense. I think we've Googled that before, and it was way older than we expected.
1: Yeah. All right. We can get into it anyways. IMDb gave it a 7.2 out of 10. it's oh, pretty good. Tomato meter. So critics. 95%. Jesus fucking Christ. And an audience score of 80%. That's really, really, really high. Yeah. Although I will say, as with all these old films that are reviewed like online, mm-hmm. people are not like, let's go to a movie theater and watch this. we are we're specifically going to watch this film that we know is in this genre. Yeah, but that's what we're doing. I know. So that means, man. It means you are the target audience when you watch it. Mm-hmm. So on average, I think there's higher ratings. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they're less good.
0: I'm just very excited for this one because I just, the, I, this category has been absolutely amazing. And this feels like we're going to, we're keep going up. Bob's like, high note, end the season. Exactly. Oldest movie
1: ever so far. <laughs> I'm really excited, and a haunted man. house movie. Exactly. All right. For awards, it didn't win any, but it did get a nomination uh, and I just want to mention it now because I think it's very interesting, but the nomination was to Charles Lang Jr., uh, who is the director of photography, and he was nominated for an Academy Award Whoa! for Best Cinematography on a Black and White Film Holy shit! Uh, That's a very high award. No, yeah. Uh, and it was just a nomination, he didn't win it, he lost to um, Joseph Lachelle for his work on a film called Lore, but it's a like a noir detective film Oh, that's cool. Laura. I just think that's important to note because remember, horror was not well respected back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, horror is a very broad genre. And for a long time, suspense was really kind of what the horror genre was. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that was more well-respected than what we well, start to see in, like, the 60s and stuff with our, like, our slashers and our, our chainsaw massacres. But point being is, like, the fact that a haunted house movie would get nominated for an Academy Award. It's awesome. Is It says a lot about the cinematography in this film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you'd look forward to that. The
0: audience can't see it, but I'm just smiling. The uh, th- it's, I'm so excited It looks like a film. maniac. I'm just so excited. I'm so, so, so excited. You can't hide it. Okay, maybe that was a little far. Why? I'm going to start hiding it now. Oh,
1: okay, that's good. Works out for me. Uh, notable actors. Ray Milland as Roderick Fitzgerald. He played Don Barnum in The Lost Weekend. Ruth Hussey as Pamela Fitzgerald. She played Elizabeth Liz Imbrie in The Philadelphia Story. Donald Crisp as Commander Beach. He played Mr. Morgan in How Green Was My Valley. I almost thought you were gonna say Donald Pleasants and I was like, "This movie's <laughs> too old for
0: Donald. He can't be in this."
1: No, he definitely could have been. He could have
0: been, but it would is highly
1: unlikely. How old was he in 1944?
0: I don't know. Not he couldn't have been that well. Hold on, he was probably like 50 or so. He was born in 1919. Okay, no, Donald Pleasants could have been in that this. That would have been,
1: yeah, young Donald. I not would even love that. that. Like young, he would have been in his 20s. That's young for him. Yeah, but that's a good age for acting. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Anyways, Cornelia Otis Skinner as Miss Holloway. She played Mrs. Hamar and The Swimmer. Dorothy Stickney as Miss Bird. She played Margaret Garrison in I Never Sang for My Father. Barbara Everest as Lizzie Flynn. She played Elizabeth in Gaslight. Alan Napier as Dr. Scott. This is, I think, the only person on this whole list of actors that you might know. So, heads up for that. The name isn't familiar. No, the name wouldn't be familiar. And I know for a fact, like, I don't think you're familiar with the thing he's from, as in, like, you've seen it. Yeah. But you do know of it. Okay. He played both Alfred Pennyworth. Oh! And Egbert Pennyworth. (laughs) In uh, (laughs) the Batman TV show, the one that, from 1966 to 68. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. You know.
0: Yeah. I didn't watch that, but I'm familiar with it. I've seen clips. That's really funny.
1: Yeah, if you... You
0: know, Egbert Pennyworth, Egbert. Right? I didn't know Egbert. I knew Alfred Pennyworth. It's his identical cousin. Cousin? Yeah. Not twin cousin? No, it's his
1: lookalike cousin. Oh, my God. Because it's played by the same- <laughs> um At least when... I think he works at like the Arkham something hospital. Okay.
0: I almost gave a spoiler He's a for guard. an episode that doesn't come out yet, but oh. I stopped myself. I-, I didn't know who Egbert was because I was like, Alfred and Egbert. And yeah. I was like, Egbert is... They made that up. That's that, not out That might name. actually be in the comics. I wouldn't know. I'm
1: not a huge Batman guy. It's probably in the comics now. I'm not sure if it was yeah. made for. Yeah, I'm not huge into Batman comics. It was probably so made know. for that show, I guess. I have no idea. Because Pennyworth is British, right? Mm-hmm. That's a confirmed thing. Yeah, he's British. So I'm pretty it'd be sure. weird for his cousin to work in Gotham. Yeah, unless. Yeah, I don't know. Like, just. As an aside, and also to look exactly like him. I didn't write the Batman comics. Don't blame me. Or that show, I mean. Uh, Gail Russell as Stella Meredith. Uh, she played Penelope Worth in Angel and the Badman. And then David Clyde as Ben, the boat owner. Jesus Christ. I, I just had to mention it.
0: Dude, how many movies are you going to watch with a man named Ben in them? I don't know. I really had to try for this one. Is that <laughs> your goal? Every episode must have
1: a character named Ben. No, but that's a good way to get a call out. That is true, <laughs> actually. Um, Oh, he's, that's a funny uncredited. category. Cause he's like, uncredited for these old films. You don't you don't look at the stuff like I do. There's a lot of like actors that are uncredited in them because they just didn't credit as much mm. as we okay. do nowadays. In part because you still had to have like the credits at the beginning, and if you credited everyone that was in the film, take too long. It would take too long. So you just note like the people in the important roles and not any of the side characters that would get a credit nowadays. Mm. Okay. 'Cause I mean if you watch the credits for like modern movies, it might be like Yeah, it like lists everybody on they the crew. Everyone who had usually spoken lines for characters, generally the rule. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's just, just a lot of extra people. I think sometimes they do extras, but usually extras are uncredited. Like background extras. Yeah. Anyways, he was also Nobby and Susie.
0: I don't I this movie's so old that I literally never heard of any of these people. That's fine. They're all dead. <laughs> Not all of them. Some of them could be alive. Maybe. They're all dead. Some of them could be... Al- it's possible. They're all dead.
1: Benjamin, <laughs> I'm trying to be a little less morbid on the podcast. It's not about being morbid or not, Bob. This film came out 79 years ago. Yeah, so? That is a... <laughs> Isn't, like, the average life expectancy in the States, like, 70? I don't know. Or 60? I am thinking it might be, here. like, 63 or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's more than a lifetime. <laughs> but some of these people could be kicking. No. Okay,
1: I wasn't paying attention, but I'm I'm like I'm pretty sure all the people I just listed are dead. Oh, I'm sorry if you're not. That that feels bad. That's why I was saying but that they I, could I'm be. I'm pretty sure you are, so I don't feel that bad. Director is Lewis Allen. He also like directed Another Time, Another Place. Uh, writers Dottie Smith, who this is kind of super interesting, also wrote not not a screenplay, but an actual book that you're familiar with. Haven't read the book. You've seen its adaptation. I I hope The Hundred and One Dalmatians. Oh, well, that's actually really cool. I've seen that. Mm-hmm. A rare movie that I've seen. <laughs> I know. And then the other writer is Frank Partos, and then he also wrote The Snake Pit. Uh, country of Origins, United States. Not going to give you the tagline because... Spoilers? Spoilers, but also it's not super interesting. Will you give it to me after, at least? Yeah, if you remember to ask. Okay, I'll try to remember to ask. As for facts, I, I, from what I can find, this film is a part of like a small trend that was happening in and around World War II. Specifically, like, during, but I think near the back end of it, and then right after the war, where there was, like, a a blip of, like, supernatural-themed films. Oh, okay. But it just never caught on. Okay. That's weird and interesting. Like, it was the cool thing to make some supernatural films for, like, a couple months, and then... (laughs) Really? It's that short of a span? I don't know. I'm just giving you an example. It was probably, like, a year or two, but, like... There was just like this blip of time apparently where there was a couple supernatural films coming out. of, I'm just gonna say Hollywood, but they never like caught on as like a genre. They just were like everyone agreed to do it for a little bit. And then the other things I'm gonna mention is that what I find it was adapted into two radio plays because it did well enough. That's such an interesting thing.
0: That's so a part of the period. What radio dramas? Yes, I love them. They're so cool. Radio drama. I have actually because I took a I took a communications and radio class, Hmm. and it was really cool. And I still
1: enjoy that kind of stuff. They're really cool. I mean, radio is now filled by, like, podcasts,
0: generally speaking. So we're kind of like radio.
1: I mean, it's the modern version of radio. Because, I mean, radio is still around. But, like, Mm -hmm. radio content the way it used to be where there was, like entertainment is is now done online for the most part because like it's easier as a listener cuz you can like curate what you want curate but record things essentially yeah and then play them later and so there is stuff like radio dramas online that you can find even in like podcast formats uh for people who are unfamiliar with them it's kind of like an audiobook but kind there's of. usually like sound effects and stuff and music it's kind of like listening to a, a it's like watching a film but with no picture and then they have to explain some things that are happening. Mm-hmm. It's kind of its own special thing. It's it's really interesting. It's You've so cool. You've never listened to one. And then next up, this is based on a book. Oh, okay. Um, by Dorothy McArdle. Uh, and the novel's original name is Uneasy Freehold. But when it was published in the United States, it was retitled The Uninvited.
0: Okay. So it has the same name to the American audience. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh,
1: and then... Last thing, the 2009 film, The Uninvited.
0: That's where I've heard of this. Probably,
1: I knew the name. Completely unrelated.
0: Oh, motherfucker! I had heard this name before, and I didn't know if it was from this or something else. It's probably that
1: 2009 film. So I thought probably. I should bring it up because I was like, "There's another film called 2009. It is, it is not a remake. Mm. In fact, I think it's based on a Korean movie. Oh, okay. It's, it's like one of those. That means when I American adaptation. Post
0: this, I want to put the fucking year.
1: Yeah. It's well, gonna be weird. <laughs> Putting 1944. You don't have to put the year. You just get the right cover because the uninvited cover for the 2009 film looks very different than a 1944 poster.
0: Well, no, I'm talking about for like you know the podcast mm. because I don't want someone to click on this episode and go, "Oh, I love that movie from 2009," and we're talking about the movie from 1944.
1: I guess, but you have to do that sometimes, anyways.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I usually do if I if it's like I need to make the distinction. But um, what I'm saying is like, it's going to be weird writing 1944 because I, honest to God, I didn't think we were going to go back this far ever. Really? Like, I don't know. This is so, like, this is far enough back that I'm just like super interested in what it's going to be like because. Oh,
1: I, I, I'm like, oh, this is kind of far back, but we'll definitely go much farther. Really? Oh yeah.
0: Whoa. Okay.
1: By like a lot. A lot? Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. This is going to be cool. I mean, probably not soon, but there's no reason to not go farther back than 1944.
0: I don't know. I guess I just hadn't really realized the scope at which horror had been, like, created. I, for me, like, horror hit its peak in the 80s, and now in the modern day, we're seeing a resurgence. Well, but that's that's a very biased view. It is. You're right. It is. I'm, I have an opinion. It's almost like you have a very small subject size. <laughs> but we've watched, like, 60-plus movies on this show. I know, but they've all been from, like, in
1: and around 1980. Because that's so where that's, the good shit is! That's not true. That's where a lot of good shit is. Yeah, but I could also say that about other decades.
0: That's completely fair, but what I'm saying is, what my what I'm putting out here is <laughs> very biased. Very biased, but also, I guess I just didn't realize how long people had been making horror movies.
1: Yeah. I like, mean, it
0: never crossed my mind. So going back to 1944, I'm excited. But you're telling me that we're going to watch stuff from, like, maybe the 20s? Probably. That's going to be cool. I'm very excited. I mean,
1: uh, what? The German Expressionist movement uh, is from early 20th century. Yeah. Like, the German Expressionist movement is from, like, the 1920s, I think? 1910s, between the 1930s. And that's always really fun. Have I talked to you about that before? Nope. Uh, It has stuff like the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Oh, that's Um, from the 20s? I didn't know that. uh, No, that one's from, uh, yeah, that one's actually, I think, from literally 1920. Because... I've heard of that film, and I've heard it's very good. But also, like, Nosferatu's from that same movement. Oh, that's I didn't think about Nosferatu. Those are all m- much older than 1944.
0: That's really exciting. Man, now I want to pitch a category that's, like, old-ass shit like that. Because that is stuff that I'm very interested in.
1: I It was just, like, a weird moment where you're like, Oh, I, I didn't think we'd watch anything older than 1944.
0: Because I hadn't thought about it. I
1: know, it's just it's just weird to me that you hadn't thought about that. And I'm like, there's plenty of stuff that's older. Because, yeah. like, horror's been around as long as, like, well, again, horror's very broad, and if we're going to be broad here, horror's been around since there's been stuff to be afraid of, right? Sure. But the modern horror genre probably doesn't exist in the sense we're familiar with it until, like, gothic horror. Because, like, I mean, you could loosely consider, like, <laughs> Grimm's fairy tales as horror. Yeah. They're not horror in the same way as, like, gothic horror, which is kind of the proto-to-modern horror. But that was around before, like, film. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. It I- makes sense that horror can kind of go back to the beat the beginning
0: it's just really interesting to me i'm very excited about it that's all
1: okay well we're gonna watch this movie yeah well
0: uh we'll see you guys in a minute hi everybody welcome back we just finished watching the uninvited
1: yeah you liked the bomb
0: yeah it's good i liked it i I had a change of feelings about halfway through, like, not change of feelings, I changed how I felt about the film halfway through, but not in a bad way. Oh, okay. It just like, but there was a shift for me, but it was, overall, I had a good experience.
1: That's good. I think before I get into the summary, I do need to make note of something. Okay. And that's the fact that we, we review films on this podcast that aren't like traditionally super horrifying, Sure. but are like horror adjacent enough to be on this podcast. Yeah, like
0: frailty. Like that was a G's. good example.
1: Yeah. And um, this film definitely fits into that category. Now, obviously, a lot of older films tend to be more suspense-based mm-hmm. than like uh, how we traditionally think of horror, and that's fine. I think we have agreed that that's horror enough. I mean, yeah. But this film specifically, while having some suspense elements, is more of a kind of romance, drama-style film. yeah. That's what
0: gave me the switch up. Is I was going in, and the beginning is very much like a scary supernatural movie. Not necessarily scary, but like I guess I expected that going in. And when about halfway through, I realized that's not what the movie was, and I had to like sort of change direction with how I felt because it's not exactly
1: that. But it still has
0: horror elements, and it's still a ghost movie about a haunted house.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I just wanted to like kind of put that out there for the audience Mm -hmm. um, that. Well, there is horror elements. There's it's it's more of a focus on the drama and the romance. It very much reminds me of a lot of pieces from around this period hmm. um that dabbled in like horror. And I, I did a quotation marks there just because like well I, I feel like this could be kind of unsettling and thrilling for some people. It's <laughs> like Bob. Bob. Bob just did a very I don't even know how to describe their face. Almost embarrassed. Well, it can be very unsettling for some people. It's very it's very much a uh Romance story with high note of suspense. Yeah. It scattered throughout. It, it really reminds me of um, Curse of the Cat People. That's a film that I've seen from a, a similar period. I don't know what that is. Curse of the Cat People? Well, hmm. uh, just Cat People is like the original one. Okay. And then the Curse of the Cat People is the sequel that came out in 1944, hmm. uh, which is much less of a horror movie than the original one, but... Kind of that idea where there's more of a focus on like the the drama rather than the horror, and then there's there's a bunch of other films that are like kind of in that same style uh, that come out from the same period. But I I just want to make note of that. Um, for anyone that's interested in watching this film, because as always, we do recommend trying to watch a film before you hear our summaries of it or our spoilers. Yeah. Especially if we liked it. And I, I, I liked it. I too. liked it, too. Um, It's just not necessarily the stuff we normally watch. Mm-hmm.
0: No, not at all. And I like when we watch stuff like this, like stuff that's different because it's refreshing. Like, we can only watch so many movies where someone gets just annihilated.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? This was a very nice change of pace. I mean, it's basically not horror, but it it's just enough horror enough to get it in there. It scared me. It wow. scared me. The sun is shining during the day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there were there was a moment where Ben just looked over and I was literally completely wide eyed staring <laughs> looked at the
1: catadonic and I started laughing. Oh my God. It, there were some cartoonish gulps coming from Bob. Well I was also
0: trying to I was eating something during the recording.
1: No, but he's trying to sell it. A lot of them were actual like Bob was scared and he did the thing like he's in a cartoon where he, <laughs> he gulped maybe. Okay. Maybe that's what happened. With my disclaimer out of the way about like genre, uh, I think it's a good time to go into the summary. So, you know, spoilers, guys, as always. You've been warned. So, it's a it's a fairly straightforward premise. There's a lot of twists and turns as you would expect from something based on a novel. In fact, there's so many twists and turns, I would almost say it's like a mystery. Kind of story? A little bit, yeah. But basically, these two individuals, I-, I think they're siblings. Yeah, they are. Pamela and Rick. I don't know the reason they're there originally. I guess they're, like, just visiting the Irish countryside. Yeah, they're on vacation. Just on vacation. I just meant more specifically, I don't know the reason they're in this specific area or they just kind of wandered there.
0: <laughs> yeah, they were just exploring, like, the cliffs and stuff and wandered up on the house.
1: Yeah. Anyways, they there's this house on a cliff and they go up to it and they just walk inside well, they chase Bobby inside. That's very specifically true, yes. They do chase their dog inside this house because Bobby chases a squirrel in there. Mm-hmm. And Bobby's their dog, by the way. Yeah. Um, Not their small child. <laughs> no. Uh, they chase the dog inside, and they're like, wow, this is a pretty house. And they're like, we should buy it. Mm-hmm. Or let me rephrase that. Pamela, the sister, is like, we should buy it. Yeah. <laughs> and Rick's like, we don't have enough money for that. And she's like, if we sell everything. If we take all our money together and we live c- on scrap, <laughs> it will be great. Yep. So they go to talk to the owner of the house, which is uh, the commander. Not going to use his name. Well, it's Commander Beach, but yeah. I'm just going to call him the commander because that's kind of how they refer to him throughout the, the movie. Yeah. And they buy the house for... Uh, 1200 pounds which is super cheap um both for the price of the house uh in the time period but also yeah. like in modern money I looked it up it's about like 25,000 It's also a nice ass house. It's a it's a mansion. Uh like there's not an insane amount of rooms but it's it's big. It's a big house. Anyways, they buy it for 1200 uh because you can tell the commander's trying to get rid of it and it's hinted at that part of the reason he's trying to get rid of it. Is that the last tenants, because he rented it out uh, like five years ago, left because there was some like disturbances. Disturbances. Uh, some, you know, wind making some weird noises whipping through the house. Yeah. But the other reason he's trying this out is because he wants some money to leave his granddaughter. Because mm-hmm. he's an old man and he has a young granddaughter. She's 20 and her name's Stella. Yeah, long story short, he agrees to sell it for 1,200 pounds, which is super cheap for the price of the property mm-hmm. because they're giving it to him in cash and also because maybe he wants to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> they're so surprised when he goes, yeah, I'll sell
0: it to you. They're like, what? <laughs> like, you'll sell it for that amount of money?
1: He's like, it's in cash, right? <laughs> yeah. He tries to explain away. It's It's very, very obvious to us. But yeah, from that point on, it kind of becomes a haunted house movie. Kind of. Mm, sort of. But also a romance movie. <laughs> Uh, Because basically, Rick quickly finds out that he he thinks Stella's very pretty and he likes her. Yep. And so the initial part of the movie is actually just him trying to, like, court her. Yeah. And the grandfather just not wanting her to be around him. Just not having it. But as the film goes on, we get more and more, like, supernatural elements. And they're mostly centered on the fact that the house used to be owned by the commander's daughter, uh, who's, like, Stella's mom. And uh, so Stella's, like... I don't want to say she's obsessed with the house, but it's, like, the last link she has... Yeah, to her mom. ...to her mom. And so she's, like... She has this idealized view of it, um, and she actually didn't want the commander to sell it. And so she's, like, really into the idea of getting to see it. And when she goes there, she's kind of, like, extra affected by the supernatural stuff going on. Mm hmm And um, so once, like... She gets introduced to the house. The plot essentially becomes a, how do we help Stella? Because she's freaking out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like a ghost mystery
1: that somehow ties into the romance and the backstory of Stella. Yeah, the mystery is kind of like, what exactly is going on in this house? How do we solve it? Yep. And what are the events around how the ghost got here to begin with? Yeah, and, like,
0: why is it tied to Stella specifically? And who mm-hmm. who is the ghost? What does the ghost want?
1: How do we help Stella? Because she's being heavily affected. Yes. Uh, stuff like that. But, yeah, that's the plot right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I do guess...
0: think we should spoil anything else. Because, like... No, we'll do a spoiler section if we have to talk about stuff. I don't know if we need to, though. Yeah. I'm going to be real. Like, I don't... This, is... this movie is old, but it's old and... Also, like, the stuff that we would spoil, if you're going to go watch it, just go watch it.
1: Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I think the only issue with going to say, just go watch this film, is that it's hard to find. Like, yeah. I had to buy a Blu-ray because I couldn't find it on streaming.
0: That's crazy. Like, you couldn't even, it's like, like, public domain or anything yet?
1: It might be. Because
0: 1944, I don't know how old stuff has to be to hit public domain, but I'm just saying, like, with a film this old, I would be flabbergasted if you could not find a rip of it somewhere for free, or just find it for free online. You know what I mean? That's fair.
1: Probably not a good rip though.
0: I mean, it actually looked really good on like the Blu-ray, but I guess that is a criterion. Yeah, we have a 2K
1: Blu-ray that we watched it on, and three, four. (laughs) It looks awesome. But yeah, do you do you have anything you want to talk about uh, specifically, Bob? And we'll we'll do a spoiler section eventually, I guess, but.
0: I don't know if there's anything... Here's here's where I have a problem. There, I guess there are a couple things I could talk about. A, I like this movie. I do. I have an issue of... It's like a suspense film, but the suspense never pays off. Like, there was never a moment... There's... Uh, the only thing I could really ask for in this film is, like, one good jump scare. Like, just give me one, and I think it, the movie is improved
1: drastically. Okay, first of all, I, I don't think it needs jump scares. I just want one. But also, I think there was one, and you were just talking the Piper and not paying attention.
0: I mean, I saw it. I know what you're talking about, and I saw it, but it didn't make me jump yeah, like I wanted it to. You weren't paying attention.
1: But also, I think it's the fact that at the end of the day, this is a romance film with suspense and not a suspense film with romance. Yeah, but I just wish the suspense had gone somewhere. I don't know.
0: I feel like I had so I was so terrified and it didn't I didn't scream like I didn't get any good oohs-ahs, you know what I mean?
1: I I mean I guess, but that's not what this film is supposed to be. This film is a romance film with suspense to spice it up. Uh the supernatural elements are the the little bam. To yeah, add it. I guess that makes sense. I just for my
0: personal preference, I just would have wanted one.
1: I think the thing I I do want to bring up though uh with this film that I think is super interesting is how blatantly supernatural it is. Yeah. I mean, we've watched three haunted house movies from, like, very, very early haunted house films. Not, Mm -hmm. like, the earliest, but, you know, around the 1940s, 1950s, and 1960s. A nice little range there. And, you know, two, the previous two we watched, uh, were both pretty ambivalent Mm -hmm. about... sure. ...like, supernatural elements, especially... The House on Haunted Hill. No, The Haunting. Oh, well, they both were, though. No, but... The House on Haunted Hill was not as ambivalent as The Haunting, which the whole premise of that movie is whether or not they're supernatural elements, Bob. Yeah. That's, like, quite literally the premise of that entire film. Yeah. Well, I didn't know which one you were talking about, to be honest. I thought you'd, I thought you'd know. Well, because they're both super ambivalent yeah, at the end no, of the day. No, but one of them specifically, that's the whole point. I guess, yeah, that, that makes sense. Anyways, point being is I, I think it's really interesting to see a, a movie like this that's just super obvious about the supernatural element. I mean, yeah, it's definitely just a ghost. Because, like, at least from my experience with other films from the time period, being super, like, this is supernatural is not a normal thing. Mm. Like, it's, it's usually more popular to be ambivalent about stuff. And even when you are a little bit more explicit about whether something's supernatural or not, it's usually not shown... Mm-hmm. In a way that's super blatant, uh, like it's done in this film. Mm-hmm. I think in part because getting things to to look supernatural with the effects of the time was hard. I think they do a good job in this. And so I just want to mention the fact that super interesting that it's blatantly supernatural, uh, but it's also super interesting to see like that portrayed on screen with pretty decent effects.
0: Yeah, and it's really cool. I was surprised at like actually.
1: That was probably one of the coolest parts of this film is actually being able to see the ghost. Yeah. There's a bunch of techniques used to, like, have Blade and Supernatural stuff in the movie. And, you know, I could figure most of them out, if not all of them. Like, we do get to see the ghost. Yeah, spoiler there. And I think they do that by superimposing footage of the person over top the actual footage of the movie. Mm -hmm. One of the first Supernatural things we see, though, I'll talk about it right now because it's— There's no cold open, but it's in the first, like, five, ten minutes. Is we see someone put some flowers down, yeah, and they start to like wilt. Mm-hmm. You know how that was done, Bob? I actually don't. So I'm pretty sure what they did there is they got some flowers where the buds were still closed, mm-hmm. and then they just filmed the flowers opening. Oh, and then they put it in reverse.
0: That's really cool. I didn't think about doing it like that. That's
1: really really cool because there's no color to worry about, like a rotting look. So yeah. You just had to show them closing. But, yeah, lots of stuff like that where they, they really did show stuff on screen, mm-hmm. um, and they just had to work around doing that, and it's it's all very impressive. Aside from that, I think the only other thing I want to talk about is that the film's pretty fun. Um, yeah, surprisingly funny. Yeah, Rick really carries it all. <laughs> Rick's really uh, good. So is Dr. Scott and Dr. Scott. I mean, Dr. Scott, Rick, and Pamela are all really, really great. And I I just mention Rick just because, like, he's probably the main character for the most part. Because, like, the romance is between him and Stella, and he's by far the audience surrogate. But he's also, I think, the funniest character just because he's, like, the most happy-go-lucky person ever. Yeah. And he's just very animated. Uh, There was a couple scenes in the film where he gets really freaked out, and I'm like, it's just Bob. (laughs) There's a really, really
0: good scene where he just, like, gets real wide-eyed and freaked out by something and just <laughs> runs, and it's so fucking funny. Yeah.
1: Do you have anything specific you want to talk about here?
0: Well, we talked about the ghost effects, and yeah. I I thought they were really cool. I was surprised by them, to be honest. I didn't expect to see anything like that in this film. There's some cool, like, well, actually, we so we've talked about it on every other black-and-white movie. They do a really, really good job with shadows in this film. Yes. They do a really good job because because this film is so old and this house is out in the countryside, it's entirely lit by candles. They don't have electricity. They have electricity. Or a phone. Or phone. And they do a really good job at using like the candles to cast really good shadows that are really stark yeah. and look nice.
1: I do think it's important to mention, though, that unlike The Haunting or The House on Haunted Hill, that I think specifically, like, plays with its set and, like, lighting and shadow. Mm-hmm. I don't think this film was doing it specifically. Yeah. Rather, I think they just had lower light settings and then used, like, actual, like, flames and stuff, the light up mm-hmm. the settings. Like, the area more and doing the filming that way just caused natural shadows. Uh, point being is that while all the shadow and lighting is really great, it's great because it's realistic for this house mm-hmm. and not for, like, stylistic reasons. Yeah. I just think it
0: looks really nice. It adds a lot of... I don't want to say, like... ambiance, s- ambiance, but, like, trickery because, like, their shadows move with the flames. They dance with the flames. There's just a lot of really, really cool stuff like that. Real, I just really like the use of shadow in black and white films because it's black and white. It just makes the contrast really high. It pops out a lot. It pops. It's really nice. Honestly, one of the other cool parts of this movie and something we haven't really seen a lot of, I guess... I'm trying to think of other films where it does it, but like animals, like Bobby and the cat whiskey are actually used as like <laughs> ghost detectors, kind of <laughs> classic, like folktale stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty cool. And like, honestly, the dog is well-trained and so is the cat. Yeah. Cool cat. Cool dog. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I really want to talk about. Actually, I don't know if this is a spoiler, so I don't want to talk about it if you don't want to. Yeah. I'll I'll leave it out just in case.
1: Okay. Do you have anything else? Because I, I have something I want to talk about, but it, I think it's a good ending point. No, I don't have anything else that I'm really... Okay. Like, overall, I like this film, right? Yeah, same. I, I think it was overall, it's pretty good. Uh, you have to know that it's, like, a drama piece and, like, an investigative mystery and then, like, the supernatural stuff is thrown in there to, like, spice up both those things, mm-hmm. but it, it's really a investigative... Romance piece. And I think it's it's really carried by a couple of the characters. Like we said, Dr. Scott, Rick, and Pamela. And it shot well. Again, it was nominated for cinematography. And it deserves it. Lots of pretty motion oh, yeah. scenes. But I do have one major issue with it. Mm-hmm. And that is the acting of one of the characters, or the actors. Specifically, Stella. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know when this was coming up. What? I said, I didn't know if this was going to come up or not. I think it's important to mention. Yeah. Gail Russell, who plays uh, Stella Meredith, the essentially female romantic lead, mm-hmm. um, who's paired with Rick, is very... Uh, I don't want to say she's bad, but she's kind of, like, flat Yeah, in her do- line deliveries. And it's just not great, and so it, it makes a lot of the film not as great as it should have been.
0: Yeah, and I don't even know if it's that she's flat. I just think that it sticks out when you look at someone like Rick, who is so animated and nuanced and compare it to what she's doing, you know what I mean? Like it's not bad per se, but when you when
1: you're seeing it right next to something that is so good, it's a very very stark contrast. No, I she she wasn't great. And it it's just one of those hard things because when she's playing such an important character, especially yeah. one who's supposed to be very emotive, uh, it can it can make some scenes I think less impactful. I think this is most notable at the beginning of the film where it's leaning really heavy into like the budding romance stuff because she's having these scenes where she's doing a back and forth with uh rick and you can really tell that ray millen's you know rick's actor is having to pull everything by himself yeah and i did get some behind the scenes stuff from that that i was able to find oh really about that and uh (laughs) basically everyone was like yeah russell's um not the greatest actor oh Um, I even found somewhere that said like her line delivery for her like initial read for the part wasn't great, and I think a lot of the reasons she was chosen uh, for this role is because she was younger and pretty. Mm. She had the looks, but not necessarily the acting chops. But apparently, it just it wasn't a great experience uh, filming with her on set. Apparently, she would uh like cry on set a lot. Um, That's sad. Just for different reasons. Uh, <laughs> just differing reasons. Yeah. Uh, One of the quotes I have is from the director, and um, not from the director. I think it's uh, very specifically from Bracket. Anyways, apparently, at one point, Russell was crying because Alan had made her wear a hat for a scene, and she just didn't want to (laughs) wear lots of stuff like that. Ridiculous. I think it's also because she was nervous, and she was like, she would flub her lines a lot. Mm. Apparently, uh, she could only do about, like, five or six lines before bursting into tears. What the fuck? (laughs) And... You know, if this isn't a good sign, apparently she started drinking. She'd never done it before, but she started drinking on set to like help cope with all the, assumedly stress at the suggestion of like her makeup artist. Wow, yeah, holy crap. Um, I think on a on a positive note, apparently uh Milland, the guy who plays uh Rick, mm-hmm. would be super nice about it and would like take her aside and help her practice her lines. Oh, so that is really nice. Down. That is really really nice. But yeah, I mean, I think that was, I think that's worth mentioning, cause like it stands out, man. You know? Yeah, it does. I just
0: oh, it's rough because a lot of the scenes that are impactful are just her, or her, her and someone, someone else, else. Yeah.
1: And it's like they cannot drag you through this scene, lady. You gotta give them something. Yeah, and she's not. She's not giving what this character needs to be giving out. And it it really does impact the film a good amount. Like, her performance is what could have made this film, and because it's not all there, the film's good, because all the building blocks are there, Mm -hmm. and all the building blocks are solid. Um, But they didn't build a beautiful house on this solid foundation. Uh, I, I just wanted to mention that before we moved on. Yeah. I guess on that note, did you... Did we want to talk about the ending at all, or do you just kind of want to leave it?
0: I was going to leave it, because honestly, I don't know if I don't know if the spoiling the ending has any impact because of how you get there, right? I feel like a lot of this film is the mystery of what's going on and the journey of getting there eventually. Yeah,
1: I mean, and that's fair. Uh, I think the only thing that we talk about in the ending is kind of like the mystery, because like we said, mm-hmm. it's an investigative movie. They're trying to figure out like who, who, if there's a spirit here. Which we've talked about. There is a spirit, by the way, guys. But like, how did the spirit get there? Why is the spirit still haunting here? Mm-hmm. What does it want? What does it want? All that stuff. And you know, as you would expect in a film like that, we do get our answers at the end. Yep. And I, we really don't need to talk about them. I, I mean, no. I think it was a good. Ending, it's good. Yeah. It's it's good fine. Mystery. I, I liked it. Um. And it's one of those nice mysteries where you can see it coming. Yeah. Because they give you clues for it. There's tons of hints. Which is always that's that's the difference between a good mystery and a bad mystery when you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. good mystery. When it's like surprise from nowhere, bad mystery. Yeah. I guess before we uh go on to recommendations then, I just wanted to put in a little bit of a note because we haven't talked about it a lot here. Um but Pamela and Dr. Scott are great. Mhm. No, they're really good. They are, you know, secondary couple. Mhm. Yeah, by the end of the film, but they're really good. I just want to mention them cuz they they don't they don't get as much screen time. No they don't. As Rick and Stella, mm-hmm. but I feel like their screen time with each other is better because they have better chemistry because they do better acting.
0: Also, Dr. Scott is like Rick is like super happy go lucky and Dr. Scott is very much a man of uh, science, <laughs> but and also no bullshit, <laughs> but he's very funny, but he's very funny about the no bullshit part.
1: <laughs> it really makes me want to go watch um, Batman now. Yeah, he's so I can go see more of uh, Alan Napier. He's a very funny, man. All right. Uh, so on that note, I guess we can do recommendations. Oh. Okay, I guess I'll talk about my recommendation, because
0: it's kind of important, to me at least. Okay. If you're interested in, like, an investigative sort of ghost mystery movie, this is pretty good. Ghost mystery. I don't <laughs> know how else to put it. All right, oh, God. Fair enough. It's, it's nice for that. It has some good twists and turns. There's some good ghost stuff t- that, uh, like, interacts with the mystery. It's very fun. If you want uh, an okay romance film, I don't... I have not seen a lot of romance films, but this one is at least interesting, and I think the... Romance is heightened by all the extra ghost stuff and all of the paranormal stuff and all of the investigative mystery stuff. It's very fun and interesting. If you want a good black and white film, I think this movie does a good job with black and white. Sometimes black and white can be a hindrance to films and sometimes it doesn't need to be in black and white. This movie benefits from being black and white. It makes it more ambient and like it really helps like get the good feel of a haunted house, I guess,
1: if that makes sense. Fair enough. Cool house, by the way. We cool, house. cool house. Cool house. Yeah, uh, It's not as gothic as the ones we've seen, mm-hmm. because it. I think it might be a real house. Yeah. Um, But it, it's definitely cool. It's unique.
0: This is what I wanted to talk about before we came to recommendations. If you... I guess this is an, an anti-recommendation. I don't know how else to put this. Uh, if you don't like slow movies, I don't recommend it. I think it's slow. Not poorly paced, but it feels long, because they spend a lot of time going back and forth on the mystery stuff. And it's just sort of like... It makes sense why they go back and forth. It makes sense why they go back and forth, but I I at one point in the movie I was like, this I feel like this could have been over by now. But not in a bad way because like it pays off by the end of the film, but it just drags a little bit
1: and that's the only really bad thing about it for me. Fair enough. I think those are my recommendations, yeah. Okay. I honestly don't have a lot of recommendations. Uh the first one off the bat is if you want like an old school like black and white film. Mhm. I mean, I think this is a pretty decent one, especially if you want, like, a haunted house film. All things considered, this is a decent haunted house film. Oh, yeah. It's not, like, scary or anything, except if you're Bob. But it is a haunted house film, and it's unique to see uh, those from different periods, as it is with any genre. See it over the years. However, my big recommendation here is if you want, like, a, like, romance drama story with, like, suspense and mystery elements, especially a classic one. This is right up your alley. I, I said this earlier, but it, it really does remind me of some of the horror films that came out of RKO at around the same time. Mm. Like I was talking about Cat People. Mm-hmm. It kind of has a feel, a similar feel to like I Walked with a Zombie. Okay. Where there's a, there's a heavy leaning into the drama elements and the more suspenseful elements are there as like the spice. Mm-hmm. to bring in a crowd. You know, it's its own kind of like thing. Because it's not horror as we think of it nowadays. Um, but I think it's really unique and it's really interesting. And if if you've seen films that are like that and you like those like classic films, this is a very good one in that similar kind of subgenre. Okay. Um, you want to give it a rating, Bob?
0: Okay. I think I'm sitting on a solid... I think I'm sitting on a solid four. I like this film. It's quite good. I just, and maybe it's because I had the wrong idea coming in, but I, it, it is suspenseful. And like I said earlier, I just don't think the suspense goes anywhere or pays off. Like, it's good suspense and I like it, but I just want just one good, like, da moment. You know, just one good thing.
1: I to... know, but I'm going to tell you once again, that wasn't the point. And also, you you were freaked out more than most people. I know, that's so what I'm saying. A- it accomplished its goal, because it's not trying to scare you, it's trying to unsettle you. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, I just feel that's, like it could have done a little more. Because that's the difference between suspense and horror. Is suspense gets you on the edge of your seat, horror scares you. A good suspense film isn't necessarily going to But I feel like there was no
0: you. go, no good release of the tension it created. You know what I mean? It, it's like if you, like, generated a bunch of electricity and then just didn't use it to do something.
1: But it, it got rid of the, the electricity.
0: But it didn't... I, I
1: wanted, like, a shock and not, like, a slow dispersion. Yeah, but this, the slow s- dispersion fits the themes and the plot of this story better than a shock. A shock is cheap, and in this situation, it would have ruined what this film is going You for. think
0: so? Because I don't think so.
1: Yeah, because it it would have gotten rid of the... uh. I think the tension because the suspenseful elements here, you know, the supernatural stuff there. I mean, yeah, it's a it's there to add some like extra stuff to the plot. But a lot of that is there to build the tension of the romantic drama going on. Mm-hmm. And if you were to relieve that with like a jump scare, you wouldn't be able to use that same tension to like build you up into the climax of the film, which is a dramatic climax and not a horror climax. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I think you just be an extra, and you just wanted a jump scare, and now you're whining about it.
0: No, I just, I did, I do want one, because I think, it just, fe- I don't know, I guess it just feels bad to me that I was so tense and I didn't get scared. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but I think that was your own fault.
0: Maybe it was my own fault, but I wanted it, so.
1: <laughs> you were as tense as the comedic character, Bob. That's not a normal thing. Um, Yeah. <laughs>
0: My other reason for giving me a four instead of like a four and a half or a five. It's I think it drags. It doesn't feel long. It's paced well. It it does a good job at keeping you enthralled with the story because there are so many different twists and turns throughout for the mystery part. I just I feel like some of the extra scenes are just too long. Like they could have cut out some of the some of them just like at the house, or some of the time that people spend like doing other stuff. And then yeah, Stella's not great. <laughs> like There are some really, really flat moments between her and Rick or really really flat moments between her and the commander where I'm just like, if she could just give a little more, it could be so much better, like genuinely. But the reason I'm giving it four is because like everyone else does a great job. The main cast of characters are all entertaining or funny in a lot of interesting ways. I like a lot of the way they pulled off the actual horror elements of it because it's, I like the fact that it's overtly a ghost or like a spirit in some way. It's interesting because all the other films we've watched in this category are not that. They're very ambivalent about it, and I just enjoy the fact that this movie went, oh yeah, it's a
1: ghost. Here's the ghost. <laughs> Watch yeah. it do stuff, and it's cool. It's entertaining. Yeah, that's it. Okay. I think I'm also going to give it a four, and I'm I'm really going to go with that rating. I feel bad saying this, mostly because of, I think her name's Ruth's performance? No, Gail Russell. I'm sorry. Gail I just Russell's called her by her character's name. Yeah, Stella. Uh, and I, I don't want to like harp on her too bad, but I mean, I think as I said earlier, a lot of the building blocks of this film are really good. Like, I think the plot's all there, and it's pretty decent. A lot of the actors really do a good job. There's some good comedic moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were laughing uh, a lot. Yeah. I, uh, I laughed a more lot. More than I thought we would. Oh, yeah, for sure. Additionally, like, it's shot well. There's some cool effects. We get mm-hmm. to see, like, an actual ghost, which is kind of shocking for this time period. Basically, I think there's a lot of really, really good stuff. Yeah, But just, like, because one of the main characters, and very specifically one of the main characters who the plot revolves around, mm-hmm. gives such a weak performance, it really does impact everything in the film. I mean, Bob talked about how he thought some of the pacing was a little funky. Because you were like, the pacing's right, but these, seems, these scenes seem Feel long. long, yeah. And I think the reason is because there wasn't the right emotion coming through because of mm. Stella's character not bringing her A-game. Because I'm going to ask you right now, were the scenes where you were feeling like these were going on too long, did they happen to have uh, Russell on screen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why.
0: It was a lot of the stuff where she was just with one other person. I was like, we don't need to see this, as much as this. Just cut this exactly.
1: down. Exactly. And I kind of had the same feeling, except I was I knew going in that her performance was weak. Because I had done some research, mm-hmm. and I, I heard all that stuff. And so I was kind of like, I kept that in mind while I was watching those scenes. And I, I was watching them, and I was like, okay, I'm I'm looking at this. And the dialogue here is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the that really good. These scenes, not only is the dialogue good, but these scenes are very important to the plot. And yet they're not landing. And because they're not landing, I don't want to watch them, or it's just uncomfortable mm-hmm. at times. And um, compare that to, there's a couple of scenes where just like Dr. Scott. Or Pamela, or Dr. Scott, Pamela, and Rick are just sitting around doing nothing. and they're great. And they're great. But objectively, those scenes don't matter to the movie at all. And I I think that just goes to show the simple fact that, like, you know, uh, Russell's performance really, I think, brought it down. Because the scenes you're like, we should cut down, needed to be there for the movie to work. It's just the scenes didn't work well. Yeah. So, yeah, for for basically that reason and that reason alone, I can't give it a 4.5 or a 5. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure, like, how well having, like, a really decent actress there would have brought this film up. But, like, that's also the one thing I can find all my problems with this movie linking back to. That's fair enough. I I don't know if you agree with that, but it's kind of where I stand.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't really think about it when you mentioned it. Like, when I was watching the movie, I didn't really catch it. I wasn't really paying attention to it. But now that you mention it, it's very obvious to me that that's where my problem came from. Was I was sitting there and I was like, I don't care about this lady. That Like, she's fine. But because her delivery isn't as good. Like, the dialogue itself is fine. Mm-hmm. So the story works. And it makes sense. And I enjoy it. But her delivery just makes me so uninvested in her. I much more care about what Rick
1: is up to. Yeah. I mean, I think the only reason I care about Stella is because Rick cares about Stella. Exactly. But that shows more about Rick than it does about her. In fact, mm-hmm. it shows really bad things about her. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess we're going to go to the outtakes now. I'm not yeah. sure how many we'll have.
0: Uh. I don't know, if actually.
1: Any. <laughs> we'll have some for sure. I'll cut something. But uh, we'll see you in a bit.
0: Yeah, we'll uh, see you guys in a minute. Hello everybody, welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of The Uninvited so far. I really like this film, I think it was an amazing way to end the season, and also just a really fun haunted house movie. But, if you do not want any spoilers from this outtake section, please skip to an hour and two minutes and 57 seconds immediately. This next clip is Ben making another It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia reference on the podcast. Dog! Oh, I hope this dog doesn't
1: die. You know what that looks like? You know what dog that is? No, actually. It's Poppins. <laughs> that dog <laughs> does look like Poppins.
0: <laughs> we got to stop referencing that show. He's immortal. Podcast. It's fine. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> he is immortal. That's a cool-looking house. This next clip is us being surprised by the type of music they use in this film. not how I expected this movie
1: to start a squirrel chase scene no uh you know what's so interesting about this what listen to the music for the chase scene it was kind of like classic piano and not like ragtime yeah which is very different because most chase scenes use that like kind of ragtimey music you You like that Benny
0: Hill Mm Mm-hmm. yeah this next clip is me being way too scared for a movie that really wasn't that scary (laughs) Are you okay, Bob?
1: (laughs) No. I turned over and you were just like... Did you just gulp?
0: Yeah, man. (laughs) These old black and white movies get me. This next clip exemplifies the difference between Benjamin and I. (laughs) Rick looks like he's going to shit himself. I'm going to shit (laughs) myself. And then the say, Rick looks like you. If I woke up in the middle of the night and someone was just sobbing in my house and the noise was coming from nowhere, (laughs) I'd shit a brick.
1: You know what I'd do? What? I'd go, huh, that's weird.
0: (laughs) Go Back to sleep. You're fucking crazy.
1: (laughs) I do that sometimes. What?
0: This next clip is more of Rick and myself being very afraid. I'm extremely rattled. (laughs) 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 He's so fucking good.
1: Bob, I don't think I've ever seen a character in a a movie that has exemplified you so much.
0: Fuck that. (laughs) Fuck that. Nope. Yep. Rick knows what's up. Me too, man. Holy shit. This next clip is me hitting my breaking point. You gotta stop. They gotta stop. I can't handle this. <laughs>
1: You've been so
0: stressed. This movie is freaking me out. This next clip is me reacting to some of the really cool ghost effects in this film. Oh. Now that it's more defined, that's fucking cool. Like, it's cool before, but, like, it's cool now that it's more defined because we know who it is. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes.
1: Do we have any announcements, Benjamin? Yes, we do. Uh, super basic announcement. <laughs> uh, but before I do that, I have a fun fact I want to tell you. Oh, fun fact. I saved it till the very end. Oh. Okay. So uh, this is also for the audience if they don't know it because they can they can go experience this. Sure. In this film, there is like a song that plays a lot. And in fact, Rick uh, wrote it for Stella.
0: Mm-hmm. He plays it on the piano. A
1: romantic guy. Uh, that song is called Stella by Starlight. It's a serenade. And after this film, it actually became a really popular jazz song. Oh, that's really cool. And I think I need to note that song is written specifically for this movie. Wow. That's so really cool and it was sung by people like Frank Sinatra, Charlie Parker and Miles Davis. So even if you're not going to go watch this film because like, you know it's an hour and 40 minutes long, I know not everyone has the time for that. You know what you could do right now? Go watch or go listen to Stella by Starlight by like Frank Sinatra or something. Oh, that's actually really cool. I didn't know that. You know, god damn it, I thought that song sounded familiar. Have you heard it before?
0: Yes. <laughs> he was playing the piano and I went, Ooh, the song. What is this? <laughs> that's why yeah. yeah, it's
1: from this movie. Wow, okay. That's really cool. Came became popular, uh, which is not something you hear about a lot. It's not very common. All right, anyways, announcements. The basic one is we have episodes every Friday. So, you know, next Friday, there's an episode. Go listen to it. It's the wrap-up for this season because, you know, this was the last movie of the season. So go watch that. I know it's not our usual content, and so it's probably not as interesting. Um, it's but interesting for me. I mean, it's interesting for Bob. At the very least. But we talk about, like, our thoughts on this season. But more importantly, we are going to tell you what the categories are for next season. Oh, no. And I know you can just wait two weeks to figure out what they are. But if you want to know in advance. And also um, we'll
0: discuss, like, our thoughts on what the new categories are and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. And we'll actually, like, define the mm-hmm. categories. Sometimes there are rules. Yeah. Like when Bob gave me Shut Lovecraft up. <laughs> and Cosmic Core two synonyms <laughs> for the same thing in the same season yeah all right aside from that usual spiel you can find us wherever you get your podcasts uh spotify apple podcasts other places wherever you're listening to right now uh, we're also on youtube which is a great place to show us some love because we can see that very easily uh we can see your you know your subscriptions your likes stuff like that it's also one of the two places you can communicate with us at, you can do that in the comment section of a YouTube video, or on Twitter, you know, you can start moaning the Bob in the night. <laughs> he really appreciates it when he needs something oh to do. God. I think we
0: talked about this. If I ever woke up in the middle of the night and there was moaning coming through my house, I'd probably shit a brick. Well,
1: <laughs> I think you mean wailing.
0: Well, yeah, wailing. <laughs>
1: you could wake up the moaning.
0: Oh, uh, I could. Well, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. We're clean. No more moaning in my house. Okay. Unless it's my own. Then I'm moaning and groaning. It's very different. Like Ben said, check us out on Twitter, at Beware the Board. It's where I post updates about the show, information about the show. Anything you want to know about the show goes on our Twitter. On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that Friday's episode, which is basically a hidden movie cover that you can reveal to see it so that you can watch the movie before we do. So when you listen to the episode, you don't get any spoilers. Super useful people that want to go into these already seeing the movie and without having to worry about us spoiling things for them. And then on Fridays or whatever day an episode goes live, I post a link to the episode on our Twitter with maybe an associated meme if Ben has prepared one. So if you ever miss an, upload, miss an episode or miss an upload or wonder when something went live, there's always a link on our Twitter. Last thing, we're on TikTok and on YouTube Shorts. We're doing short-form content now. I'm cutting old outtakes from old episodes. I'm cutting new content from old episodes, rescrubbing old footage. Basically, if you're into short-form content and you like the show, Check us out on TikTok at But the Board and on YouTube Shorts. I think that's it, Ben. Okay, see ya uh, next Friday. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you next time
1: or next next season,
0: whichever yeah, one you're tuning next season. for. Holy shit.
1: <laughs>